Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone, and a happy New Year's Eve to all of our listeners in the United States and around the world. What a great night. What a wonderful celebration it is as we get ready for 2020. And you know why that's so exciting to me is, guess what? 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hey, we're going to all celebrate all year. That is an awesome, awesome event. Yoshiko, hello, Yoshiko Dart. You know, Yoshiko, every show, I give you a shout out. You know why? Because I love you, because you're a great leader, and because in history, we have to remember Justin Dart, who was married to Yoshiko, passed away several years ago, but his spirit as the general will always be with us. Uh, and, And so... Best wishes to you. I have to thank all 17 countries that listen to this show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I don't care if it's one person in a country. You know what? Think of the difference you're making. Think of the difference you are all making, spreading the news, because it's all about quality of life for people with disabilities Around the world, you know, I always say, as you all know, I live with epilepsy and a seizure is a seizure no matter where you live in the world. But I just especially want to thank you because I have had a great listening audience from around the world all year. And that means so much to me. And hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. This great company sponsored this show for the past three years and will be again next year. They have stood behind me from when I started the company in 1995. David Holmberg, thank you so much for really carrying the torch and taking it to an even higher level. Now, several years ago, I had... uh, three disability leaders that we had on the show at the end of the year. But since then, I've had so many people tell me, I love to hear from people in our industry. What if you had them on uh, throughout the year, talking about the year or looking at the past year? And therefore, I chose Kelly Buckland, the executive director of Nickel, Jill Houghton, the president and CEO of Disability in and are newly this year celebrated Maria Town, the president and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Three fantastic, great leaders. I love every one of them. Kelly, Jill, Maria, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank well, you. you're welcome. Um, I thought we could talk about the past year and what we look forward to in 2020. Maria, 
It is so exciting to have you in 2019 as our new CEO of AAPD. I met Maria when she worked at the Office of Disability Employment Policy, and then I had the great pleasure of knowing this rock star when she worked at the White House during the Obama administration. And now, guess what? We have her. We have her. And I'm on the board of AAPD with our chair, Ted Kennedy Jr. So I'm just so excited to have you there. And right now, and I know this is very important to you, and certainly important for 2020, and that's voting. And I know you're all over that, Maria, and AAPD is. So how about if you tell our listeners about RevUp? Absolutely. Um, And Joyce, let me just say again, thank you for having me on. And it's actually um, a a real treat to be on this call and reflect over the past year with the three of you, because I feel like um, in many ways more than most other people, you all have been um, with me throughout every pivotal moment of this transition into AAPD. Um, so I just want to say thank you and, and thanks for this treat. Uh, but Rev Up, let's <clears throat> get to your question. Rev Up stands for Register, Educate, Vote, Use Your Power. And RevUp is an initiative of the American Association of People with Disabilities that is focused on increasing the registration of people with disabilities to vote and increasing the voter turnout rates of people with disabilities. So we are fighting for and fighting to advance fair civic inclusion of people with disabilities in every political and social moment in our nation. You know, people with disabilities experience so many barriers across every aspect of life, whether it's barriers to competitive employment, barriers to living in their community, barriers to um, engaging in recreation activities, and even barriers when accessing our justice system. And one of the best ways to make sure that we elect um, politicians and leaders who understand our issues is to get out there and vote and say that I am a person with a disability and I vote and I will use whatever tactic I have to, whether it's absentee ballots or um, curbside voting or showing up on election day at my polling place to vote to cast my ballot and make my voice heard. So for RevUp, we have 32 state coalitions of local organizations who are each dedicated to advancing the disability vote in their state. All of them look a little bit different, um, but if you are in a state that doesn't know about uh, that or that doesn't have a RevUp coalition or maybe you don't know about RevUp in your state, please reach out to us at AAPD, and we're happy to share information. One of the things that RevUp will do in 2020 that I am so excited about is we are hosting a presidential candidate forum on disability issues that is called Elected for Inclusion. And uh, this forum will occur on January 13th, 2020 in Austin, Texas. And we are selling tickets right now. Tickets are $10. If you can't show up in person, um, that's okay. 
the forum will be live streamed and we are encouraging organizations and individuals to host watch parties so that we know that disability community is turning out to watch um, candidates for President of the United States address the issues that are so important to 61 million Americans with disabilities. I love that, Maria. I love that idea of the watch party. And, you know, listen, I tell all the high school students and young adults, I mean, are you registered to vote? Folks, you want your voice to be heard. You have to vote. You have to register to vote or we can't make a difference. We have that right. Think of the countries where you don't have that right. You've got to take action. You've got to vote. You've got to get out there. And Maria, uh, could you just one more time explain how you could start this in your own city and normally who does that? Absolutely. Uh, So there are actually a variety of ways to start a RevUp coalition in your state or in your city. AAPD has a number of toolkits um, available for individuals who want to start a RevUp coalition. So you can start by going to our website, aapd.com, and clicking on voting. Um, So oftentimes a RevUp coalition will be comprised of a local disability organization, a local organization that is dedicated to voting, like the League of Women Voters, and potentially other organizations that are focused on um, civil rights and legal rights of um, marginalized communities. But genuinely, every coalition looks a little bit different because voting looks a little bit different in every state. You know, some states uh, have online voter registration. Some states don't. Some states... uh, don't act, have online voting, and other states don't, and you have to go to a specific polling place. So um, we have a, a wonderful staff person, Carrie Gray, who runs our RevUp initiative, and um, she and our other staff will work with you to figure out the best way to build your state coalition or city coalition, if that's what will work best. Okay, and, and Maria, once again, so excited to have you. Uh, Maria visited us here in Pittsburgh. It was so awesome, uh, but I just am so excited and proud of you, uh, Maria. I just think the world of you, and I know that in 2020, you'll be taking AAPD uh, further, and I feel The same way about Kelly Buckland, who I have been friends with for a long time. I just love him. He's a wonderful person. He's the CEO of the National Council on Independent Living. And I'm sure that, you know, in the disability community, you know all of our guests today. Uh, But Kelly, welcome to the show. What I wanted to ask you is what issues do you see nationally for your constituents when it comes to accessibility at the polls? Well, Joyce, first, thanks for your uh, very kind comment, and uh, I love you too. We have been friends for a very long time, and I cherish that. Um, I would like to say that I think uh, a lot of the RevUp coalitions include Centers for Independent Living, so uh, they're going to be involved in that, and for all the reasons that Maria so uh, eloquently outlined, 
but there are uh, there are definitely challenges at the polls. I mean, still even uh, today, after all the advocacy that we have done over years and years, and uh, as you stated, you know, Justin Dart was famous for saying, you know, vote as if your life depends on it because it does, and uh, I think that's still true today. And uh, unfortunately, we still run into a lot of uh, barriers at the polls. Uh, and one of the new ones that has surfaced and is, uh, I think, really kind of uh, a big threat to us is uh, voter secure or vote security. There's a lot of people feel like their votes could be hacked, and they uh, don't. They think everyone should vote on a paper ballot, and if that is the case, there's a lot of people with disabilities who will not be able to cast an independent and private vote. So we have to be guarded against um, the voter security um, efforts that are going on to make people vote on paper ballots. And I have even run into that at the polls myself. They, they, a lot of the poll workers don't even know where the voting uh, uh, machine is that you can use, um, and they don't know where the ballot marking device is. And this last time I voted, uh, they didn't know where the ballots were that fit into the uh, ballot marking device. So there's just still a lot of issues at the polls that uh, really prevent people from casting an independent and private vote. And I just also would like to say, I think, you know, voting is one thing, and people with disabilities certainly ought to have their voice heard by casting a vote. But we should also be involved in, in the campaigns. We should be volunteering for candidates that we support. Uh, that means that the campaigns have to be accessible. There's another challenge, uh, and have to be inclusive of people with disabilities. And we should be running for office ourselves. And uh, we need more uh, elected officials that have disabilities and understand the issues. Oh, I so agree with you. I so do. And I just want to say, we... Voice America have talked to them about this and we're going to get this show replayed and what I want to do is I'm going to send it to some uh, people in both campaigns I want to say right now you are making a huge mistake if you're running for office and you don't include people with disabilities in your discussions because you have a powerful voting block uh, and Kelly I, I like also that you talked about you run for office. That's how we have to think. It has to be one of us runs for office. So uh, great point. I'm really glad that that you brought that up. Uh, and we have, boy, we really have a lot on the line next year. Uh, you know, how can it be that throughout 2019, 70% of people with disabilities not counted in the workforce. You know, people tell me, wow, we're really moving. Okay, we're moving, but it's slow. It's like a ship, you know, moving a huge yacht. I mean, it is slow, but of course, I am always hopeful of what we're going to achieve. And one of the reasons I am is Jill Houghton. And I have to say, now, Jill... I have really been friends with her for a long time. She and Andy. I just think the world of her. What you, Jill, have done at Disability Inn 
is unbelievable. I remember when I would go year, a few years ago, there were only a few hundred people there. Now you have to worry about, A, can you get in? You know, or are you going to be in the overflow room or what's going to happen to you? Uh, which is why, by the way, if you're listening right now, you know, you got to get there. You got it. Time is passing. I only have a few months. You got to register uh, to go to this great event. But Jill, I like so many things about you. But one is you're in the business world, as I am. But you're also in the disability community, um, which is so great. But um, the 2019 was an explosion. I mean, as I said, you have taken everyone so far. How many people were at the conference? Well, you know, thank you so much, Joyce. And, and, and I just want to say to you and to your listeners and to my my colleagues and friends on the call, Happy New Year's Eve. Um, you know, this is a time when we get to reflect uh, on 2019 and really the last, you know, the, the journey that we're on as we think about the future. And so, you know, you're right. We've had, we've had an explosion. So uh, if we reflect on the last five years, uh, our, our partners at Disability Inn have, have more than doubled so we've grown from around 90 partners to to almost 190. Wow. Uh, that are engaged 365 days a year. Our conference over the last five years has gone from like 760 to over 2,000 with representation from 16 different countries. And our next-gen leaders, which are college students that are studying STEM business and finance um, have, have grown from a class of close to 100 to a class of over 200. And so, you know, yes, we've had incredible growth, but, um, you know, just this is a time of year where, where I think we reflect on our accomplishments, but we also, like, get fired up about, like, 2020 and what we have in ahead of us because we got a lot of work to do. We're just scratching the surface. It's an important year and it's an important year in business. You know, just like we need people with disabilities to run for office and to get out and vote, we need people with disabilities in corporate America to be out and proud and own their identity. And the time is now. Oh, Jill, that is so, that last thing you said more people with disabilities in corporate America saying, I have a disability and I'm not ashamed I have a disability. I mean, it has been over the past year an ongoing complaint from companies. Why aren't people uh, voluntarily self-identifying? Well, if 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce, that sort of gives you an idea that people are afraid to speak up. But you know what? You want to change that? Start hiring people and get them right there in the workforce, whether they're in a wheelchair, blind, deaf, whatever. But you get them and other people see people with disabilities and say, wow, they really mean it. And get your leadership to say, I have a disability, and start now planning for July 26th. 
the 30th anniversary of the signing of the ADA. You, you as a company, you let employees know we care about disability history, not just other groups, but disability history. And uh, I, I so agree with what you just said. And you know what else? I love to see companies hiring people at the executive level. And we have been so fortunate. We have Ted Kennedy Jr. as the chair of AAPD and as Mr. Disability Equality Index. And Jill, when you said about reflecting, you've got to be thinking this past year about Ted and those trillion dollars in investments. I mean, Joyce, Ted Kennedy Jr., board chair of the AAPD, Joyce and Marie. I mean, he's a force, right? He's a beautiful force. And we're truly grateful to have him advocating for the disability community. You know, really, through Ted's leadership, uh, New York Comptroller DiNapoli uh, is spearheading a joint investor initiative with the Oregon State Treasurer, Tobias Reed. Um, it's spreading like wildfire. We've got a joint investor statement on corporate disability inclusion with 17, count them, 17 and growing signatories that represent more than $2 trillion in assets under management. These are people, these are the institutional investors that invest in the largest companies in the world. And what are they doing? They're calling on corporate America to prioritize, to take action, to impact disability inclusion. So, I mean, this in and of itself is a historic milestone. In fact, you know, earlier, kind of towards the the end of 2019, because it's had AAPD and Disability In came together at BlackRock. I mean, BlackRock. We were one of the world's largest asset managers in the world talking with investors, about the opportunity for environmental social governance investing. And these investors in this room understand that companies are going to be more profitable in the long run if they are inclusive of all people, including people with disabilities. And none of this would be happening without Ted Kennedy, Jr., Yes, and I agree with you. He, I told him he's, he's changing history, and he's doing the same thing with us at AAPD. I mean, what a great chair, and I'm so honored to serve as vice chair. Before we move on, one last thing, Jill. I would be remiss if I did not reflect back this past year on the next-gen leaders. If you could just share with our listeners quickly what – how you know what about how they're employed right there? I mean, these are high college students with disabilities or advanced degrees. Uh, could you just share for a minute why companies should go to meet those next gen leaders? Because these next gen leaders represent talent that business can't afford to miss the opportunity to connect with and to hire. In fact, 
I'll just share one beautiful story. There were over 200 of them this year, and they crossed every area of diversity. And I just had an email in my box. What a great way to end the year from a young woman, a next-gen leader who studied finance, who participated in our six-month mentoring program, came to the Talent Accelerator at the Disability In Conference, started interviewing, you're going to love this, with PNC Bank. Uh. She lived in Florida. She'd been looking for employment for, ready for this, four years. Oh, mm-hmm. Not has surprised. a degree, has experience. PNC Bank hired her. She relocated to none other than Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, best and city in America. Didn't you know that's that? what it's all about. <laughs> That is a great, that is a great story. That is a great story. Uh, Well, another example of a great reason to be at the, when is the conference uh, in 2020, Jill? July 13th through July 16th in Orlando, Florida. And you can find out information by going to disabilityin.org and click on events. Okay, thank you. Uh, Well, Maria, you know, this past year, as you think about it, what to you do you think was uh, an advocacy greatest accomplishment? That's such a hard question, Joyce. And I think that there are so many things that we can point to, advocacy efforts from individuals or organizations that, represent the disability community, but the one thing that stands out to me that is truly representative of just how um, successful the disability community has been in the past year, I'm going to sound like a broken record, um, but is our data around increased voter turnout. Um, So, Kelly mentioned that people with disabilities experience a whole host of barriers when they go to the polls and barriers voting. And yet, uh, despite all these barriers, uh, Rutgers University released a report uh, in July of 2019 that showed that close to 50% of people with disabilities voted in 2018, and that is a almost 10% increase from the midterms in 2014. Um, We now know that in 2018, 14.3 million people with disabilities voted. Um, And this surpassed the number of Hispanic and Latino voters, the number of African-American voters. But what I want to say, and you all know this, is the disability community is so diverse, right? Those 14.3 million people with disabilities who voted, that includes African Americans with disabilities, Hispanic and Latino people with disabilities, women with disabilities, LGBTQ people with disabilities. And what we also now know is that there are another approximately 10 million voters who live with a person with a disability. So that means that there are approximately 25 million Americans who live in disability households. And so um, 
the great thing about 2019 is that we now have this data. What gets measured gets done. But these numbers have really meant something. Um, in the fall of 2019, we saw five presidential candidates release major disability policy platforms. Um, you know, if you've watched presidential races over time, you know that that's unprecedented. Uh, we've had candidates put out disability platforms before, but it's typically happened after the nomination, after they were already the major party's uh, nominees. And this time, as they're seeking the nomination, so many candidates are saying disability issues matter, the disability community matters, and they're releasing these big policy platforms. Not only that, but they're beginning to hire uh, people with disabilities as key staffers. And then also in 2019, um, through our HERN Awards, AAPD's awards that we give out to emerging disability leaders, uh, we had Sarah Blahovic, who created the first ever training for people with disabilities who want to run for office. Um, and so I think we have so many highlights from 2019 that speak to the larger political and civic engagement happening in the disability community space. And I couldn't be more excited for what it means for 2020. That is so exciting. And those numbers, they are powerful, powerful. Um, and you know what, when you said about being a broken record, no, you're not, because talking about voting uh, and getting involved in presidential campaigns is so important. Um, and so I'm really glad you are talking about it. Now, Kelly, <clears throat> I have to tell you, there's one topic that I'm going to mention that is a hot topic to you. Because last year at AAPD, you know, at different board meetings, I know you talked about this. So what are your hopes next year? for people with disabilities and reference to accommodations uh, with air transportation. Yeah, Joyce, you're right. This is a a hot topic for me because uh, air traffic for people with disabilities sucks so bad. I mean, from, from the curb to the curb, it's just a, it's an awful experience. So um, there is a study going on. Uh, to study, uh, and it started this past year, um, to study whether or not uh, there's a way to for people to stay in their chairs and travel on an airplane. So to me, uh, that would solve so many problems for uh, air travelers with disabilities to be able to stay in their wheelchair and be able to board the airplane Lock down the same as you do in any other form of transportation, uh, like a bus, a, a boat, a train. Uh, the airplanes are the only form of transportation that we are forced to uh, give up our mobility device at the door. And so it would make a huge difference if. Uh, so I'm very. Uh, interested, and we've been very involved in in this study, and uh, hope to stay involved over this next year. And we uh, are looking forward to the results from the study, and uh, looking forward to positive results, and something actually being done. So that's it. That was a great accomplishment. Uh, that's because of advocacy of people with disabilities got it put in to the reauthorization of the FAA. So 
we worked to get that in there. It was a big advocacy win, and uh, hopefully the study will come back and make uh, make a business case uh, for the airlines that it actually would be uh, easier and cheaper for them, too, to accommodate us on the plane versus uh, paying for repairs to the chairs and paying for all the people that have to uh, get you in, into the aisle chair, out of your chair, uh, from the aisle chair into the seat, all that, all those people uh, cost money, and so do the aisle chairs, and so do the repairs to the to our wheelchairs when they break them. So, uh, I think there's actually a business case to be made as well. Well, I remember when you told me uh, earlier this year, Kelly, you told me that many of your friends. Uh, who, who use wheelchairs or have uh, mobility issues do not want to use an airplane, but instead want to uh, be in a van or some type of travel. Isn't that right? Isn't that what you told me? Yeah, no. Lots of people have given up. Uh, they don't. They don't fly anymore. They've stopped flying because um, actually they they have given it up because we get. Um, we get physical injuries from it, and some people have just said, uh, I can't afford to uh, get physically injured like I have in the past, and so, and they can't, so they have to stop, because it's not just damage to our uh, chairs and equipment, it's also damage to our bodies, and people have uh, been dropped, people have been uh, cut up, um, it's, so it's... It's physically uh, damaging to people as well, so they've just had to stop. Now, that is so terrible. You know, a couple years ago, I brought Judy Human to Pittsburgh to speak at an event. So, first, she calls from D.C. There's this big issue uh, that that they're not able to, they're telling her they can't get her on the plane. You know, they can't get her wheelchair on the plane. Actually, one of our board members at AAPD who works for American Airlines, Susan, had to call, and then all of a sudden everyone's running around like, oh, no, and getting this taken care of. But then when she got home, her wheelchair was broken. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So there's just an example of what Kelly's talking about. So I hope everyone pays attention to that because, you know, it's important for our brothers and sisters with disabilities to have the same opportunities that we do that, you know, fly and go on vacation by air traffic. Um, So I wanted to also tell you that if you go to nickel at ncil.org, there are great articles as there are at aapd.com on all of these issues. Uh, But Kelly is really leading the way in this country to be a great advocate for us. So I wanted to ask each of you, Maria, starting with you, what at AAPD, what are your plans for next year? the 30th anniversary of the American signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here we are on New Year's Eve. And when I think about that, I get so excited. So at AAPD, what are your plans? I'm excited too, Joyce. So, you know, one of the most important 
things about making the ADA a reality and getting it signed into law is that it was really a cross-disability community effort. Uh, disability organizations came together to make it happen, and we are, uh, in that same spirit, we are working on ADA anniversary plans with the members of the National Disability Leadership Alliance. These are organizations that are all disability-led, and so uh, the, and they include NICL, the National Council on Independent Living, Kelly Buckland's organization, and we're working together to put on a big celebration event on July 22nd in Washington, D.C., um, but we know that the ADA has completely reshaped and transformed our nation. So we're also working to make sure that every community across the country can celebrate the ADA as well. And uh, I know we've been working on proclamations for governors and mayors and county electeds to put out celebrating the impact of the ADA. And we are also working on a toolkit for local communities to utilize so that they have a standard press release, they have a, an example agenda of what an event might look like, making sure that, again, everyone can celebrate the impact of this transformational law, and what we hope to be able to do, this is in my dreams, is that we can actually track all of these various events so that, you know, maybe if someone's not connected to their local disability community yet in, uh, in Iowa or in Pittsburgh, um, they can come to the APD site and find out all of the events that are happening there and take place and get, uh, enjoy the event and get connected to their own community and engage in future advocacy efforts uh, in 2021 and 2022 and, um, and even more. Yeah, it is so exciting. I love that about all those proclamations. And I also love how we're doing this with other groups. Uh, Kelly, before you tell us about your plans at Nickel, uh, and of course, I know at the galas, will AAPD and Nickel will be celebrating. Uh, but do you remember, Kelly, years ago, I don't remember, was it Union Station? Where was it? It was a dread of event. Do you remember that event? Yeah, that was actually an AAPD, uh, Nickel, and Dreadoff event, and it was at Union Station, and uh, I remember because I wore a tux to that event, and I don't wear a tux very often, but I wore one to that event. Wow. Do you have photographs of that? I would yeah, it was a black, it was a black, it was a black tie event, if you remember, so it was, yeah. it was yeah. pretty pretty dressy yeah and also we had another event remember there was i i I thought dreadif did this but there was another event um it was packed and senator harkin and everyone was at this uh but well my whole point is it's so much better to do all of this with other groups with other disability groups so um kelly how about nickel what are your plans for this upcoming year, celebrating well, as, the anniversary. Yeah, as uh, Maria just uh, just announced and talked about was, I mean, we are working together with the National Disability Leadership Alliance, which is a um, an organization that includes fifteen uh, disability-led organizations 
Um, you know, so, some examples are um, the National Federation for the Blind. I mean, Nickel, uh, April, uh, AAPD, the National Association of the Deaf, uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America. There's, the list just goes on, but they're all, as she said, or they're all disability-led organizations, and they are going to sponsor a, a, 20, or a 30th uh, year anniversary on July 22nd. Uh, which will be hosted by Nickel at the Nickel Conference. So it will be at the Grand Hyatt, um, and we're going to get a lot of the speakers that you know you normally get, like Senator Harkin and others who were uh, original sponsors of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, we're uh, in conversations with uh, George W. Bush. We hope he'll come because... Uh, his father signed the original ADA, and then he signed the Amendments Act, uh, as well as others. And we really want to hear uh, from the next generation. And, okay, it's it's good to celebrate the past 30 years and the accomplishments that we've made. But what do people want to see over the next 30 years? I mean, what's the dreams of people to... What's the world? What should the world look like in thirty years from now, um, in regards to inclusiveness of uh, people with disabilities and everybody else? I mean, how are we going to look at a more inclusive world? Uh, and so, we also want to include that. And then, uh, as Maria said, we want to we want to get people from around the country involved. Uh, everybody can't come to DC, uh, so we want them to be part of this, and we want them to feel like they're part of it. So we want to try to include people from all the other communities. Right, because it is national. There are people with disabilities across the country, and everyone should be celebrating this. Everyone. Um, well, how about you, Jill? What is disability in? What What are your plans? Well, uh, you know, I think I'm like in unison here. The one thing that we know about the ADA is that we still have this, this un, you know, this promise that we haven't fulfilled around economic opportunity. And so this historic milestone is really an opportunity for us to come together with our stakeholders, um, really across the country and, and ramp up for the future because we have a lot of work to do in corporate America so that companies hire right, so that companies create the culture and the leadership um, so that people uh, get jobs, so that people don't just get jobs, but they get opportunity and that they grow to those senior-level positions like possible. So we're really going to be leaning in um, and uh, ramping up for the future. And I'm assuming you'll have a big celebration uh, at the conference. I think we absolutely will be kicking it off July 13th through the 16th uh, in Orlando. The theme this year is hashtag disability advantage. And uh, we will be kicking uh, a series of events off with the conference and then working throughout the year in partnership with our partners. You know, as I reflect on things that you have accomplished, and there are so many uh, at the conference, but 
one that has impacted me the most is when you went from USBLN to Disability N. I love that. I do. Because everyone knows Joyce Bender does not like diverse ability, differently abled, take the disc out of disability. Oh, I hate that because you know what? I'm a person living with a disability. It is called the Americans with Disabilities Act, not the Americans with Differently Abled Act. And you did that. Oh, that's just so powerful to me because not only did you use the the word disability, but then in, like disability in. I love that. And I have to say, that you know, hats off to that board for for doing that. I was just going to say we have an incredible board um, and led by Jenny Lafleury, and who better, uh, you know, to to lead that rebrand than than a woman who's deaf and uh, believes that her disability is part of her strength and her competitive advantage. So thank you for acknowledging our rebrand. Um, we're really uh, fired up about having a brand that leads with disability and we're not afraid to call it what it is because we're proud. We think it's cool. It's cool to have a disability. Uh, it's a strength. Right. And as Judy Yeoman says, hey, disability is a political term. It's our culture. It's disability rights. So don't relabel me. And I'm sorry to say this, but it isn't people with disabilities that are shouting, you know, from the mountaintops, don't call me that. You know, it is often others, whether it's organizations or the business community, that think that that is what we want because that word is a bad word. How can you say that and expect young people with disabilities to feel proud that they have a disability. So once again, I think that is awesome that you did that, that your board did that. So, Maria, what are your goals for 2020? Thanks so much for asking, Joyce. My goals, I have three primary goals for 2020. One uh, is to make our candidates for elected for inclusion as successful as possible. So to all of the campaigns, Democrat and Republican, if you are listening, uh, we hope to see you there, uh, January 13th, Austin, Texas. <clears throat> uh, my second goal is to see as many people with disabilities counted in the census as possible. The census is how our nation apportions power and money. It determines where federal dollars go that so many people with disabilities across this country depend on, from Medicaid to Medicare to food assistance to um, insurance for young mothers. All of that gets determined by how people get counted in the census. So as Kelly mentioned, Justin Dart said, you know, vote as if your life depends on it because it does. I'm going to say get counted in the census as if your life depends on it because it does. You know, if we can see the disability community mobilizing as a political force during this major election 
and electing leaders who understand disability issues and see that same energy applied to our census, that means that we may be able to get better funding for things like employment services. That means that more people with disabilities will be able to get access to in-home and community-based supports. And the reason I stress this is because there are a lot of people who are very afraid of being counted. And I think um, for all of us who work in disability organizations, who are trusted community partners, we need to be out there stressing the importance of getting counted. So that's my second goal. And my third goal is for all of us to celebrate and advance the impact of the Americans with Disabilities Act, which we just got finished discussing. But I think as Jill mentioned, all of us will be celebrating and continuing to push throughout 2020 um, so that we can continue to make the promise of the ADA a reality. Uh, yeah, yeah, amen to all of that. How about you, Kelly? Also, I'm focused on the ADA celebration, so I'm going to be, I, my goal is to make that as uh, as celebratory and as inclusive as possible. So that's one of my major goals. Uh, the other thing is we really do need to do something that, and I really think we need to focus our advocacy efforts on making sure that people are able to live in the community. We have so many people that are locked away uh, for no other crime than the fact that they have a disability. We really do need to like make it a, a right for people to live in the community, and uh, we're going to continue to keep working on that. Um, and then... I would just like to see us love each other a lot more than we do. I think um, this is a movement that was built on love and respect of each other, and I really would like to see us love one another again. I think there's uh, uh, a little too much hate in the world, and I think there needs to be more love. So, Oh, I love that one. I love that goal, and I agree with you. How about you, Jill? What are your plans? Well, Maria said it. Uh, earlier in the show, she said, we all know that what gets measured gets done. And the Disability Quality Index is a partnership between AAPD and Disability In, and that is a uh, an opportunity, it's a tool for business to create their roadmap to advance disability inclusion. So we are going to be all in to working with Maria and her team at AAPD uh, Ted Kennedy Jr. and our team at Disability In to get all, we need all of the Fortune 1000 and the American Law 200 to participate in the Disability Equality Index. So we have a long ways to go and we are going to be laser focused. Oh, I love that. Laser focused. Oh, that is so awesome. Good. We'll remember that all year. Well, Maria, what uh, message do you want to leave with our listeners today? In the disability community, we have a uh, expression, nothing about us without us. And the that expression communicates, you know, if there's an issue or a policy on the table that affects people with disabilities, make sure we are at the table making decisions about it. And the reality is, there is not an issue that isn't a disability issue. We are such a big, vibrant community. We are everywhere. 
And as our movement has grown, we have seen that, you know, our issues go far beyond uh, curb cuts and accessible sidewalks. They're related to technology. They're um, <clears throat> related to climate change. I mean, every issue is a disability issue. So the message that I want every single person with a disability to take forward in 2020 is nothing without us. Oh, I love that. Kelly, how about you? Well, I, uh, I'm going to sit back on uh, New Year's Eve and drink a cocktail in salute of everybody. And uh, the message I'd like to leave you all is I love you. And I love you, too. We all love you. How about you, Jill? How do you follow Maria and Kelly? I mean, amen <laughs> to what both of them said. Uh, I just say, like, let's get energized. We have got a lot of work to do. Um, let's love each other. Let's do it not without us. It's going to be a great year, and um, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. And, uh, you know, you are all three, not just a blessing to me, but to our entire community. So I can say in behalf of the entire disability community how much we love you and need you and need your leadership so that, uh, you know, it won't be disability and poverty going hand in hand. It won't be uh, us not being part of the vote, you know, because of lack of accessibility. It will be equality. And uh, I also feel, uh, as Kelly said, that kindness and love you know, one thing we all know about this past year is we are divided, and you know what? That's got to stop. It's really got to stop. So, you know what? I can't think of three people I'd rather spend New Year's Eve with. Uh, thank you, Maria, Kelly, and Jill for being with us. Love you all. Yep, thank you all. Happy New Year. And with that, we end every show. All year with a quote. So we're talking about the future. We're talking about resolving to be happy. Your success and happiness lies in you. Resolve to keep happy and your joy. And you shall form an invincible host against difficulties, said Helen Keller. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I love to say this. Talk to you all next year. Happy New Year. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.